everybody, and welcome to your Sunday Psychics with Rebecca Fisk and Stephanie Girard. Hope you have been having a glorious week. Uh, it's been an interesting one for sure, <laughs> as they all are. Uh, <laughs> but Stephanie and I uh, have both had interesting weeks, and um, everyone that I've talked to has had a fairly interesting week. So, you know, I am not an astrologer. Maybe Stephanie could shed some light on this, but... You know, I know astrologically we we feel when the planets are doing their stuff and when the moon is doing its stuff, and uh, apparently we're all doing something. <laughs> so before I get too far into this, I just want to say a shout out to Garrett, our producer. How are you tonight, Garrett? We're so happy you're here. I'm happy you're here too. We've got a great first time caller tonight too, just to give you a heads up. Yay! Awesome. awesome. We love our first-time callers, but we also love our regulars. So, you know, I know I usually say this at the end of the show, but I'm going to be different and say it at the beginning. You know, we really appreciate those of you who listen and call in because Stephanie and I love our work. So, you know, as much as, you know, we both have our, our thriving practices, um, you know, this is kind of an opportunity for us to, to give a little back uh, because, you know, some people either don't have the time, the resources uh, to schedule sessions with us, so at least we get to answer a question for people and, and kind of, you know, give our energies out into the world a little bit. So we appreciate all of you because you give us an opportunity to do our work, which we love so much. So thank you for that. Um, so on that note, Stephanie, how's it going? <laughs> Hi, Rebecca. Oh, my goodness. Hi. <laughs> oh, you know, it seems like we finished the show last Sunday, and I don't know what happened to all seven days, and here we are again, <laughs> and I'm just yes. <laughs> shaking the water out of my ears is what it feels like. It's crazy. It's been a very interesting week, as <laughs> Rebecca and I usually visit a little bit before each show and get caught up a little bit, too, because we're not on the phone with each other all the time, so um, Wow. Lots of events, and you know, I don't recall, I, I know it was early in the week, I want to say Monday or Tuesday of this past week, was the new moon, and with new moons, it's all about creating and manifesting. Well, this particular new moon is in the sign of Aries, and Aries is a fire sign. And fire signs are, if you imagine fire, I mean, it doesn't mess around. It likes to do things and get things done. And the energy of Aries, it's like it's, uh, it's stepped in. It's definitely stepped into my life. And I know for yours, Rebecca, it's like, okay, and go. And we just came out of exactly. the sign of Pisces. Well, Pisces is water, and we go with the flow, and we figure out, where's my emotions at over in that corner of the room or that corner of the room? And Aries is like, okay, no, party's over, and go. So <laughs> every day is like, where, where are we going today? Where's the universe going to take me? And where's my gigantic magical seatbelt? Because that's what it's felt like. It's, um, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's a week later and here we are. And I don't know what else to say. It's been so much. It's been a lot. And then it's like, then when I think about it, it's like, well, what did I do? And what I really did, I guess I went with the flow. That's what I did. What do you what do you think for what was your experience? What was it like for you? Oh, I think it was um it feels like a time warp and suspended animation in one. 
suspended um, animation. I like that one. Yeah. Well, you know, because so, and and I, and I'll talk about that for a minute. Because why not? Okay. So mm-hmm. first of all, you know, Stephanie and I could. Hey, how's it going? When did I talk to you last? Uh, a week ago today. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. A lot has happened since then. <laughs> um, oh. And so, you know, so part of it is, you know, as as we continue on our practice, because, you know, I know I've said this before, I'll say it again, you know, Stephanie and I do the work that we do, but we're going through all the same stuff everybody goes through. So we are being faced with challenges and being given opportunities um, on how we want to deal with the challenges. Um, And frankly, you know, I'll speak for myself, you know, I have I have reactions to things. I'm, I, you know, I continue to practice my meditation and practice being peaceful and, and working on, you know, responding to situations and not reacting to situations. Uh, but every once in a while, you know, that two-year-old still wants to have a tantrum and reaction to something. <laughs> and uh, so it's a process, and it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm continuing to work on. Um, but as I have been really working on this intention of peacefulness in my life over the last year, because that's what I intended with COVID. I I basically intended to go in and really uncover some of the things that have been hidden in my life that I have been allowing to steer the ship, as you will, at times when I don't really want it to. And so in doing that, uh, it's given me an opportunity not only to look at some of the deep, dark things in my life that have needed to be healed, but also uh, it's given me a much deeper sense of peacefulness. And so my sense of time is very different than it was a year ago. I think it is for everyone just because of what COVID has done for us with the Safer at Home and all of that. Um, I think it's given all of us an opportunity to kind of pause or at least slow down. So we have a different experience of time um, that I almost feel like in some ways mine is exaggerated um, because I've had such an intention with it. And, and, you know, I mean, I'd love to hear feedback from from all of you. Uh, But uh, so this, when I say that it's been like a time warp, it feels like in some ways it went very quickly and in other ways um, I feel like no time has gone by. So it's, it's a very strange experience to be in it. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we look to learn through meditation um, and spiritual practice is to become the detached observer. So I kind of feel like maybe I have more of that really happening in my life now because I do feel what's happening in my life at the time that it's happening, but I also feel like I'm watching it unfold Um, you know, a lot of the time now without the emotional reaction. So when you let go of the reaction, then you do become the detached observer. So it's been very interesting for me this week, just my perception of things. And then, um, and then also (laughs) boundaries have been a really big one that have come up this week. I'm I'm guessing by your laugh that you, you, you've had that come up this week too. Oh, yeah, I yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's not always comfortable. And oh wow, where do we Well, oh, Garrett, part of the beauty her? of live video is that uh, sometimes internet things happen. So Stephanie dropped off she'll I'm be joining us in just a second. Rebecca, back to you. Okay. Well, okay, so I'm going to talk about my boundary stuff from the week because it was very interesting. Um so 
you know, I, again, going back to the personal growth thing and my intention to learn and grow and to, to have better boundaries in my life, to learn how to say no to people. Uh, in fact, one of the homework assignments I give to my clients, um, and especially in a group setting, is I will tell everybody, okay, you have to say no to everything this week. And some of my friends or the clients look at me like, what? And it's like, no, it doesn't mean you have to be harsh about it. It just means you give yourself an opportunity to really look at whether or not your body is saying something other than the words you're saying. Because so often when we are in the habit of pleasing other people, we will say yes, even if we know it's going to be a hardship for us. So what I tell people is, okay, this week practice saying no. And so what I mean is even if you know it's somebody you really want to hang out with and it's something you really want to do and you know you're going to say yes, even to something like that, you say Thanks for asking. Let me look at my calendar, and I'll get right back to you. So, yeah, you might spend five minutes and look at your calendar and go, okay, well, I'm just looking at my calendar to actually write it on the calendar because I'm doing it. But then you call the person back and say, yes, that sounds great, and, you know, I've got it on my calendar now. So it's about practicing um, no so that you get an opportunity to say yes to yourself first. So when we learn how to say no, it's about learning a boundary that's healthy and appropriate for you and, and giving yourself the time and the means to really sit with it and decide if it's something that you want to do or if it's something you can do. And a lot of times, you know, there are things that will come up and you go, eh, I really don't want to do it. I could do it, but I don't want to. It's okay to give yourself permission to say no. You can say, you know, this isn't really going to work for me this time. Thank you for thinking of me. Please think of me again in the future, but this, this time it's just not going to work. And it may be just like, oh, I've been working so much. I need a break. It's okay to give yourself that break. So the boundary stuff in my life this week that has been so interesting, um, you know, the first thing was, uh, you know, I have a friend who, you know, we, we've known each other for a couple years. And, um, you know, the, the interaction that we've had with each other has kind of been hot and cold at different times and very interesting. Um, but I noticed a pattern has started fairly recently where we'll be engaged in a conversation through texting, and then there's no response. It's like I'll ask a question and there's like no response at all. And it occurred to me, you know, I, I don't react to that at this point because the fact is I validate myself now. I don't look to other people to validate me. It's a very, very, very joyful place to be, i got to tell you, because I don't care what other people think. I mean, it's not that I don't have trusted friends whose opinions I value, but I don't really care what other people think. I, I really do allow myself to be my own navigator, if you will. And so, you know, I've had this interesting situation, you know, friendship with this person. And, you know, like I said, realized fairly, you know, recently, the last couple of months that, you know, we'll be engaged in a conversation and then there's just no reply and then it just falls by the wayside. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, there's not, hey, how's it going? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. We'll start an interaction again and the same thing happens. And this happened again and I kind of went, huh, you know, I don't think there's anybody else in my life who's doing this and I don't think I like it. It just doesn't, just doesn't feel good. It's almost like, okay, I mean, I'm not attached, but, you know, when it's, it's almost one of those things where you're engaged in a conversation with somebody and they put the phone down and walk away and you're thinking they're going to come back, and they don't come back to the phone. And you wait so long, and then you just go, eh, okay, I'm going to go do something else. So I do that, and I feel very empowered doing that. But, you know, I have been doing this for a while where I ask myself, what would Oprah do? 
And I've had some of my clients and my friends laugh at me. I'm like, no, no, this is my reference. What would Oprah do? Because you can be pretty darn sure that she doesn't take anything from anybody. And Oprah doesn't do anything Oprah doesn't want to do. So I realized I don't know what's going on with my friend. I do care about my friend, but I'm not really attached to the relationship, if you will. I care about that person. But I also care about myself now. And the appropriate boundary for myself is, look, let's have some clarity about what this is going to be, or maybe it just needs to end. And I don't have attachment to it one way or the other. It finally occurred to me, I'm outgrowing people. And I do have clients who will call and say, you know, I I don't really want to hang out with this person anymore. I've known them for 15 years, and I really care about them and all this stuff. But, you know, I realize that they bring drama, or I just don't feel that good when we have these interactions, or I just don't feel like we're on the same page anymore. And so I tell people, we all outgrow other people. We outgrow relationships. And it's okay to let go of relationships that aren't serving us. And it's okay to grieve the loss of them, even though you know they don't fit. You know, I I use an analogy that we all have that old favorite pair of slippers that you wear and wear and wear and wear, and finally there are holes, but they're, they're your favorite. You know, you just love them. And then finally you get a new pair of slippers, and you kind of hate giving up the old slippers, and you still wear them once in a while because they're the comfortable go tos But now you have new slippers. And the new slippers are starting to get broken in. They're starting to be really comfortable. And it doesn't mean you don't like the old slippers. It's just you've outgrown them. They've, they served their purpose, and it's okay to move on. And so I'm not sure what this situation is right now. I don't know if it's because I've outgrown the situation, uh, but I know that I have a choice about what I want to do with it. And so the reason I'm saying all of this is that I am realizing that it's a boundary for myself, that I don't know if I want to choose to continue engaging. And it doesn't mean I don't care. My feelings for the person have not changed at all. But at the same time, you know, I have an expectation about what I think communication should be and how it should go. So I may have that conversation with them, and I may not. I haven't decided. But it's boundaries. Anyway, let me see if Stephanie's come back on. Are you there? Hello. I am here. Hello. How long of my dissertation did you have to listen to? It's so nice to have you back. Anyway, go ahead. Well, hello. I don't know where I was at when the call dropped. Right where you are. Right where you are. I am right here, and I will. So here we go. Um, So just the matter of boundaries, you know, I had talked, I was talking about how being a facilitator for healing is fabulous and at the same time it can be challenging for one thing when people are going through their stuff it can call up my stuff too so this is where in my process of doing what I do it's important for me to stay grounded clear myself make sure that I am not being in blocks with the person in that moment in time so that's one thing but you know I was sharing about my um, my private healing circle that I have online, you know, inside Facebook Messenger, and we do healing twice a week, and it's really, really cool. And as much as everyone receives healing, including myself, they help me to be a better healer as well, because in each experience, I'm learning something new. So within that, I take the framework of that 
um, all I learn, you know, the good, the bad, the otherwise. Sometimes people have bad days and it just is. And yet it teaches me how to, how do we handle that and what's acceptable and what's not. And there's been opportunities to speak up and, and name that. And that's okay. So when, when I go outside of the group and doing the private one-on-one sessions, there are stories and, you know, we have this thing called life and in life we get to pick and choose these experiences. Sometimes we pick them, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we are actually facilitating healing for somebody else and that can be some painful story for you because it does it a lot of confusion. So, again, going back to, you know, facilitating healing – a group setting or otherwise, it doesn't matter. There's a process that happens. And in facilitating this, sometimes there's some really hard stories. There's some very difficult experiences that all of us have had. And within the confines of being human, you know, the spiritual experience in this thing called a human body, and with the stories get to be as magnified as they can grow, as big as they get, and, and and or it feels like that huge elephant in the room and there's frustration that's expressed. Well, why don't you see my big white elephant? Well, I do see your big white elephant. And I know it's there. I see it. You see it. And we're going to let it sit here for a moment. And we're going to allow this white elephant to bring up in you all of these energies and these feelings and such. And one thing I had mentioned today in my group was healing does include grieving because as we heal it's also asking us to let go of whatever we're holding on to <laughs> whether it's our whoopee or our stuffed animal whatever it is it's time to change and evolve and grow and it's okay to sometimes keep those tools but maybe we can set them down and get them off to the side it doesn't mean that they go away forever and then Healing equals grieving. Well, grieving also takes us to healing. And in that process, especially as a facilitator for healing, I would say one of the biggest challenges is to allow someone to have their space to grieve during the healing. And I would say one of the hardest things for me, and maybe you too, Rebecca, is to be there, hold space for them while they're feeling and experiencing what they're going through. And yet within that, too, there are the boundaries of, okay, this journey for some people can be horribly uncomfortable. And that's what healing does. It pushes us to this place of discomfort. And yet at the same time, because there is the feeling of being uncomfortable, feeling uncomfortable, how many times have we... I wanted to crawl out of my skin many times, leave it behind and keep going and go catch the Uh next body and see what happens, right? But it's harder to, and it's difficult because I think when people receive healing from us or a reading or whatever, it can be very difficult for us. So especially the the storylines that people have, and I don't want to say they're making up stories, their experiences, the intensity of their experiences can really ring our bell too. And we can get to feeling pretty emotional, yet there's still a respect there to honor their space. And at the same time, we as the reader or the facilitator 
are asking for that same respect too. You know, it begins with we are contacted and we arrange a day and a time for a very special session for this person and only this person. That's a huge step. And I think it's oftentimes overlooked or taken for granted. And then when we go into that session, you know, then is it okay for them to express yes? Is it okay for them to dump and kick you to the curb? No. So it's the reminder for us that we teach people how to treat us still. And with us doing the work that, that we do, it's so important for us to hold to those boundaries. And there's times where it's like, I, I do let my guard down at times. And I do sometimes cross that boundary. And then I have opportunity to come back and apologize or come back and explain. Here's the deal. Here's, here's what's going on here. And this is, this is how this works. Here's the rules, ABC. And as long as both comply by this, great. If any one of these are going to be compromised intentionally, then this is this is a no go. So it's it can be sad, it can be frustrating, it can set us off into orbit at times, you know, especially <laughs> after the fact. But when we teach people how to treat us, and you know, I would really like to visit the fact that. When we are contacted to set up a session, it sounds casual, but listen, this is a big deal. There's a preparation process, whether it's three minutes, whether it's three hours, or whether it's three weeks. There's a preparation process for that person, for their energies, for what we feel we're walking into. And that's something, speaking for myself anyway, it depends upon what's coming up. It also depends upon what is the information I'm receiving from creator, from source regarding this person? What are their needs? Do I need to take a step back and allow this person to have this experience for X amount of time so that when we finally do meet, they're prepared? Because that's also setting a boundary. Do I need a couple of weeks if I need to? then that's how it goes. If I need six hours, then that's how it goes. But, you know, Rebecca and I are constantly receiving that information because we're also receiving the download of, okay, with so-and-so, prepare for blank. Be ready for blank. We're receiving the information already. So we understand the sensitivity. We understand the intensity and even if we don't understand the full gamut of the intensity, we have a pretty darn good idea of what we're about to walk into. So, so coming back to the boundaries, we have to honor and listen to what we are receiving first in order to be that great reader, that facilitator, that great medium. There's quite a bit that goes in there. And all of it brings in matter of boundaries. Don't you think, Rebecca? Yeah. No, I, and, you know, and thank you for saying all that because uh, it is interesting. Um, <laughs> and, I'll, and I'm sure you've gotten this, Stephanie. You know, you go to a party, and I know we haven't been to a party in a while, but we will do that again. <laughs> yes, um, yes. <laughs> you go to a party, and what do you do? I'm a psychic. Oh, my gosh. That is so cool. You know, can you just tell me and fill oh. in the blank? Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
I haven't done, I, I don't do that. I haven't done that in years. I used to go, okay, and I don't now, and I haven't for years, and now I say, you know, I'm off duty. Here's my business card. Call and make an appointment. I would love to talk to you. But it's, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it, it's very funny. And, you know, I've actually spoken to, like, therapists and doctors, and, and they're like, oh, my gosh, they get the same thing. Oh, I have this little rash. Can I show it to you? Oh. <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. call, the, call the office. And, you know, do I look like I have my lab coat and stethoscope on? <laughs> anyway. But no, it's true. Mm-hmm. The boundary thing is really interesting, and it, it's, um, you know, I'm really glad that you hold that good boundary for yourself. It, it took me a long time to, to practice and get to a place where I would hold the boundary and where I don't see or talk to too many clients in one day anymore. I used to just keep going and going and going, and I'd wear myself out, and I just don't do that anymore. Um, you know, like I've had people call and ask to book group sessions, and it's, I, I, am, I am not a cheap psychic. I'm not a $10 palm reader. Um, I've been doing this for over 30 years, so I am, I'm not inexpensive. I have clients who will stay for a year to come and see me. Uh, and then I have other people that, you know, I'm, I'm much more in their budget, and it just depends on the person. But, um, you know, it's, I've had people say, well, how come your group readings are so expensive? And it's like, well, because you get this many people. And the reality is I'm not going to work the day after I've done a group. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Uh, oh, and, yeah. You know, even with good boundaries of, you know, because I'm channeling the information. But even with that, you know, if I'm reading for 10 people in one evening, I'm tired. I'm worn out. It's, it, you know, it's, and I won't say it's a marathon, but it, it's, you know, at least a half a one. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> having those good boundaries are, are good, but it took a while to, to learn how to do that. So, you know, because one of the things about the work that Stephanie and I do, um, it isn't like you go and you take a business course to, to set this up. You know, we all kind of, we're, we all kind of show up and, and you know, it, it unfolds as it unfolds as we trust the process. And we have to learn about ourselves in the process, which is great because it means we have more understanding for our clients and whatever they're going through. But at the same time, it's like there's a lot of times we feel like we're flying by the seat of our pants until we actually really get a handle on what is this supposed to look like and how is it supposed to feel. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a journey. Um, okay, there was something else I was going to um, – I was going to bring up, oh, yes, <laughs> oh, being, okay. being uncomfortable in the void. Mm. So this has been part of my lesson this week, really a fun one, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm oh, one yeah. of those people, you know, and I know most people are like this, but I, I definitely absolutely am one of those people where um, I don't like limbo. I don't like not knowing. I want to know the answer. I want to know how to play. I was a dispatcher for 12 years. You know, being a good dispatcher means you anticipate what's next. So just tell me what, what to expect, and then I can plan for that. Well, life doesn't always work that way. <laughs> it just doesn't. And, and so, you know, there are a couple of situations in my life right now where it's like, well, I just have to kind of wait and see what happens. And I know what I would like. But it's a situation where I check in, the intuition I get is, nope, just sit back and wait, and I'm having my little argument with God. This is uncomfortable. And God's going, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. And I'm like, but I'm not comfortable. I don't like this. It feels uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and I want an answer. Not yet. Mm-hmm. But I want an answer. Not yet. You have to wait. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. And so the other piece of this is I know that there are things I am not meant to know when it comes to my work. You know, like I'll have people ask me about predicting things in the world, and sometimes I get stuff and usually I don't because that's not the work I do. Um, in fact, you've heard me say this before. Uh, people will say, did OJ do it? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't get anything. I get nothing, like nothing. Like, I don't care. I, and they're like, but how can you, like, how can you, like, not know? And how come you can't, you know, you, but don't, don't you want to know? And I'm like, I don't care. I'm not meant to know. And, and I've had people get frustrated with that. And I said, look, you know, when I started doing psychic work, I used to get so, so frustrated. And one of my teachers, one of my mentors said, sometimes you are not meant to know. And I'm like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. And she said, no. And you will understand this in time. But right now, sometimes you are not meant to know and you will learn to accept that. Yeah. So the other thing that I learned is that there are two reasons we don't know. One is I haven't made up my mind. Actually, I should say three. The two is the other person involved in the interaction hasn't made up their mind. And three, the universe hasn't decided what's in my best interest yet. Or there's another opportunity that's coming that's still in alignment with what the universe is doing on my behalf. Because the universe only conspires for our highest good. And so sometimes you'll be called to wait on something, and it's because Maybe there was an opportunity that felt really good and it's supposed to fall into place. And then at the last second, the universe was like, oh, wait a minute. There's something better here. You've got to wait a little longer, but this is going to be worth it. And I do trust that. But it doesn't mean I'm comfortable sitting and waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stephanie knows because I'll call and go, hey, I want an answer. Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, Rebecca. You just have to be patient. I'm like, but I want to have a tantrum. (laughs) Yes, we all know patience is a virtue, I know, but we all feel like the two-year-old who wants to to kick and scream and have a tantrum about things. So, yeah, so I've had that. I've been kind of sitting in the void and uh, allowing it and watching it. And, you know, it's, um, it's been interesting just watching and observing myself in this. And so, you know, I will say that I definitely have been eating more the last couple of days. I'm not a bi- I love food. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love food. Stephanie knows this. Garrett knows this. I <laughs> love food. But I typically don't overeat. And then the mm-hmm. last couple of days, it's like, you know, I think I'm going to eat until I'm full. <laughs> and I know darn well I'm doing that because I'm not very comfortable in this void. Like, I want something to feel like it's full. So because the emotional thing is like this limbo, like, okay, you're standing on the, on the edge a little precariously and you know there's a safety net, but you don't, you, you know, it still doesn't feel comfortable. So part of me wants to somehow feel comfortable. So that's a coping skill for me. That's a coping mechanism, I should say. It's not necessarily a skill. But to go, okay, I want to eat until my tummy feels full because that gives me a sense of something being full instead of being in the void. So not necessarily the best way to deal with it, but I'm watching it and I'm going, you know what, I can love myself through this because that's my job, to love myself through everything. Um, And then there was one other thing I wanted to speak to, Stephanie, that you were talking about, and that is, you know, when somebody is calling on us to help them with a situation, provide clarity or provide healing, um, you know, yes, sometimes what our clients are going through triggers us as well. Because remember, when you 
allow us, when you give us an opportunity to work with you, you're basically giving us permission to be in your energy. So you're saying, okay, you're going to allow us into your house. So we literally have stepped into the energy that is you and your life and your, your lightness, if you will. And so we get to feel and experience what you feel and are experiencing. And it, it happens to greater or lesser degrees because in doing this work as long as Stephanie and I have done it, we also become the detached observer in the process with you. But sometimes things really hit closer to our emotions than other times. And so, you know, first of all, thank you for giving us the opportunity because we do believe that it's a privilege. But what happens with us most naturally at this point with the practice we've had is we will hold the space of loving and healing for you and, and do our best to stay that detached observer, allowing the space, holding that space to create this cocoon of comfort so that you do feel safe enough to heal in the process with us when we're working with you. So, um, you know, Stephanie, I just wanted to kind of support what you were saying about how we are holding the space for you. And, um, you know, it's a beautiful thing. We both love our work. So, you know, Absolutely. we feel really blessed. Yeah. Um, before I get too much further into this, I do want to uh, give a little plug, and that is if you would like to schedule a private session with Stephanie, her website is journeywithstephanie.com, uh, and my website is rebeccafisk.com. There are links also available um, uh, and the link to this uh, show page as well. So anyway, um, Stephanie, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about because I feel like... I got to run the mouth a bit here. <laughs> well, you did it well. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I think no, I we're we're talking about the same things. Um just sharing a little just touching on being with the void, sitting in the void. There were a couple of things that happened this week. Um there was an event with a decision I arrived at just for my own personal self and both in the name of boundaries and it was really interesting and I was I was considering doing something and received a phone call from someone that's very special to me very important to me and phone call it took me a couple of days to sit still with considering well, what was I going to decide to do and it caused me to question myself. And so then it took me back to a conversation I had very recently with a friend of mine, my friend Tavy, and she was listening to me talk. We hadn't talked in a what, couple, three months or so. And she had commented, oh, my goodness, you have shifted out of codependency into interdependency. And so when I think to this decision I made earlier this week, I ended up, rather than deciding to decide, oh gosh, I need to do this because I have to go be with these people and I have to, and I have to, and I have to. It helped me, it shifted my awareness that I was about to do to sit still for a couple of days. And when we're sitting in that void, it is uncomfortable. I have everything else to do except sit with myself. You know, <laughs> I can do laundry. I can take, <laughs> I can do dishes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can oh, go yeah. run errands because I don't want to think about it. But yet what brought me back to center was Tavi's comment. And I'm thinking about Tavi's comment and it's like interdependency. So if this is an interdependent connection with this group of people, well, then that, get, that means that I get to honor myself. 
and I'm going to make a decision on my own best behalf. And it doesn't mean that I don't love these people, but it also means that I love myself first. And so it brought me back to that boundary of what's the best thing for me to do with this situation. And honestly, it, it really is about staying put, sitting still, and continuing on with what I'm doing at present. So that void isn't isn't comfortable. And I love to eat too. And while you were talking, I thought about open sesame. So I was thinking back <laughs> to the workshop and you and Garrett oh. and me and a few other people sitting at open sesame. And it's like, oh, I just don't want that meal again. But I, I did similar things this week, Rebecca, because it's like, well, if I fill that up with food, ooh, what can I make now? Ooh, this sounds good. Ooh, that sounds good. It's like, okay, I am so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to decide to decide to do that. But I have good food choices too. So at least find the balance there. But I just wanted to put just add to what you were sharing about the void because because we do the work that we do. Some folks think, Oh my gosh, you guys know everything and it's like, Well, we have a pretty good connection, but we're still in this human form and we right. still get to right. experience. We have this opportunity to share, be alongside everybody. And our aha and our learning comes maybe at a quicker rate. I don't know about you, but this week was like fast. That Aries new moon, it was like, it pushed me out the door. I don't think I've stopped except to do this show tonight. So <laughs> this is cool. It's cool. But it, it is important, though, to take the time to sit with ourselves. And it's, it's uncomfortable. This morning I was sharing with my group. You know, one thing about life is, especially when it's uncomfortable, it is important to walk through it, to get to it. And I'm encouraging people, when these things come up, sit still with it. Oh, it is uncomfortable. Oh, gosh, it might make me cry. Oh, gosh, it might make me mad. But allow that to flow through. Because when we do that and we get to the other side of it, now we've released this emotional charge. And now we get to it with more of a real, pure, authentic us. And now the picture starts to get a little more clear because we got out of our own way. So it, it's been an interesting week for sure. I'm grateful for the learning. I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to be here tonight. <laughs> what are you grateful for, Rebecca? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, you know what? I'm always grateful for you and Garrett. That's not even a question. Um, oh. Let's see. What am I grateful for? Um, you know, I'm really grateful for the friends that I have who hold the space for me because, um, mm -hmm. you know, such as yourselves, um, <laughs> there, is, there is such comfort in knowing that no matter what happens, I have a safety net of people who will hold the space of love for me, especially in the moments when I'm not feeling like I'm doing a good job loving myself. And yes. it's, you know, where, because, you know, no matter how much I do this work and practice my meditations and my chanting and my prayers and, you know, do all the stuff that I can um, to stay connected to God, I still have moments where I, I don't feel like I am, or at least I, I, the ego steps in 
And, and right. when the ego steps in, then the doubt is there. And so, you know, it's an interesting thing, too, when we talk about ego, because most people think when you're talking about ego, you're talking about somebody who's a narcissist, or you're talking about someone who's self-centered or is selfish or, you know, really behaves in a way that is only about them, and that it comes from this arrogance and, and that kind of vibrational energy. But it's also the ego that says, I'm not good enough, or I'm not worthy, or I don't deserve it, or I, I don't feel like I'm enough, you know, that the child is also in the ego, and we forget that. And so it's still the ego when I'm feeling sorry for myself, or I feel like I'm not enough. And so I have this beautiful group of friends who remind me that I am first a child of God, and that I am lovable, and that I am loved and valued no matter what, no matter, no matter what the little girl needs trying to tell me or, you know, the parts of me that feel broken or not enough, that I, there is a lot of love around me to remind me that truly I am first a child of God and truly I am first love. And so that's my, my big gratitude this week. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. Well, and thank you. <laughs> you're and thank you. So and you're welcome. <laughs> oh, well, let's see here. Uh, what do you think? Are we? Uh, are you ready for a uh, meditation? Should we do a meditation? Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to speak for Garrett and say Garrett's saying yes. <laughs> yes, 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 because Garrett enjoys the Garrett meditation. Garrett always says yes. <laughs> I know. (laughs) Okay, so let's go ahead and let's proceed with the meditation. All right, so here we go. We're going to take one deep breath in and hold. And exhale. And we're going to take another deep breath in and hold. And exhale. Okay. All right. Tonight we're going to first place ourselves in a beautiful iridescent bubble. And we're going to move our energies into that bubble. We're going to step into this bubble. And now we're going to call in the energy of love from the divine, from God, creator, and have this bubble just filled and saturated with the energy of love. And we can visualize this with the color of pink and think about pink clouds pink skies. Just imagine this love all around you while we're in this beautiful silverish, whitish sphere. And the sphere, the color of this sphere represents the white light. And it's white light protecting us. It carries the element of the white fire the white fire filled with love. And the energy of this 
is consuming us in this wonderful, beautiful way. It's stepping in and it's releasing any and all psychic cords, psychic hooks, psychic hardware, software, even floating remote viewing devices. Think of a little mini tornado just kind of gently whirling around you, whirling around inside of your aura. And it's sensing and picking up all these little little pieces of energy that are not ours. And it's attracting all of this stuff to it like a magnet. And as it does so, it wills it and transmits it and shifts all of that energy into love. And we're going to send all of that love back up to Creator and have Creator continue transmuting that energy. And now we're going to bring this little cute white fire mini tornado. And we're going to send this outside of our aura, just right on the outside. And have it do the same thing. It's going through and it's clearing and removing any netting. It looks like fishnet. It might look like a spider web. Whatever strange energies might be there, whatever energies are there that are discordant, anything that doesn't resonate with us, again, it's acting like a magnet and attracting all of that energy and then releasing it, dissolving it, transmuting it, sending it all back up to Creator. And have all that energy transmuted to love and light. So now we're going to bring this little mini tornado. We're going to bring this in. We're going to bring it back into the sphere. And we're going to move it above our crown chakra. And we're going to allow this energy to enter through the top of our head, our crown chakra. And gently move down through our chakras. So feel this energy coming in through the top of our head and have it moving through our head as it comes to the third eye, which is located in the middle of the forehead and to allow it to pick up all of the energy that's not serving us there. And as it's acting as a magnet, it continues to transmute. And now we're going to move this down to our throat, our throat chakra. Oftentimes when people have blocks in their throat chakras, they also experience neck pain. So this little tornado is going through right now and magnetizing any and all energies that are in the way that are not serving us and simply transmuting it. Those who are energy sensitive, you may be feeling this sensation. And if you're not energy sensitive, it's okay. Just know that the process is taking place. So now we're going to bring this little mini tornado down into our heart chakra area and allow it to do the same thing. 
And sometimes when we have blocks in our heart chakra area, we end up with back pain. And that back pain is in the thoracic area, the area between the shoulder blades. And so this tornado is magnetizing, doing its thing, acting as a magnet, whirling, collecting all of this stuff, everything that's not serving us, and releasing it, transmuting it, sending it back up to Creator. And now we're going to allow this to move to our solar plexus. This is the area of our tummies above the belly button. And our solar plexus, this is everybody's GPS. This is where your intuition is. Listen to this intuition. Our intuition never, ever steers us wrong. So this tornado, again, is collecting and picking up all that no longer serves us. Releasing, dissolving, transmuting. And tonight it feels like a lot of people just have a lot of stuff going on in that area. So there's an extra cleaning going on right now. Okay, and now we're going to send this mini tornado to our sacral area. So this is the area of the tummy below the belly button. And this tornado is going to do its thing, work its way through. Our sacral chakra is the place of all creativity. This is hopes, dreams, wishes, money. This is the platform of which we create. This is the home of creation. Cleansing, clearing, release, dissolve, transmute, any and all stuck energy. Oftentimes when people have money problems, the blockages are in this particular chakra. And allow this to do its thing. And it's tonight, once again, it's extracting a lot of energy from many people. So we'll just have all that energy transmuted, send it back to Creator. And finally... We're going to send this little mini tornado down to our root chakra, our tailbone area. We'll have it do the same thing. Our tailbone is so important. It does a very special job. It pumps the spinal fluid up into our brainstem. And as that fluid comes back down, the tailbone pumps it right back up again. It's beautiful, the human body, this reverse process. This reverse osmosis process that so many of us don't think about, we take it for granted. And the root chakra is the area of survival. When we find ourselves going into survival mode, this place tightens up and restricts and constricts. We're going to call Creator in to send this area, really wash this area with the energy of love to help us to release, to let go to slowly dissolve and transmute any and all anger, reactiveness, judgment, to help just simply release all of that. And that little white tornado is doing its thing and sending all of that energy back up to Creator to be transmuted to love and light. And so now that this process is complete, we're going to bring this mini tornado just straight back up again through all of our chakras, 
up through our sacral, our solar plex, our heart, throat, third eye, crown chakra. We're going to send this little tornado up to Creator as it now carries a lot of static. It carries all of the energy that just helped to cleanse and clear us. And now all of that energy is with Creator. We are back in our beautiful iridescent sphere filled with the pink light, the pink clouds. And we're now going to allow the sphere to move out in front of us. And now we're going to send that back up to Creator. And as we do so, we are now being grounded. Our feet are connecting to the earth, all the way down to the center of the earth. And we're going to take a deep breath in and hold and exhale. And when you're ready, open your eyes and you will definitely need to hydrate. Have a drink of water. Okay. Okay. Is everybody back? I'm back. I'm drinking my lemon water right now. (laughs) Okay. Well, excellent. Wonderful. (laughs) I'm going to enjoy some too. I'm glad you said that too, because I don't know that everyone realizes that when you have energy work done, any kind, acupuncture, chiropractic, massage, any of those things, um, it's always important to hydrate, to drink extra water. Mm-hmm. So Yes, yes. Yeah. Beautiful. So Beautiful, beautiful. Um, all right, let me take one more sip here. And uh, Garrett, I think we're ready for some callers. And then also, um, I actually have some, uh, e- I get email questions too. And so I have a question as well that I want to get to. But uh, Garrett, um, if you have somebody on the switchboard that you want us to start with, up to you. We got a bunch of folks who have called in tonight. So I know I, you've been saying this for several weeks that you're going to start doing some uh, listener emails, and I think they're starting to get antsy. Like, are they ever going to get to them? So, Stephanie, if you have um, any questions from your clients that you want to read on air, I'm sure that would be cool. So, but our first caller is Eric, who's been ever so patient tonight. Eric, she's calling about her grandpa's birthday, and you are now live with your Sunday sex, Rebecca and Stephanie. Erica, go ahead, please. Yes. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, Erica. You're so welcome. This is Rebecca. And so uh, what was your question for tonight? Hi. Uh, My grandpa turns 80 June 1st, so it's coming up. And I wanted to make it special just because it's like 80. (laughs) Yeah. um, And I'm planning to get him a red toy poodle. He's half Maltese, but he looks red, like a super cute. Okay. And um, I just made a deposit on him, and I'm supposed to pick him up on the 28th. I haven't heard from her all day, which is kind of making me nervous, but I know she's okay. really legit. So I'm okay. like, oh, she's probably busy. Um, and I just kind of wanted to know, like, how do you guys feel um, energetically, like, with my grandpa receiving this um, puppy? Last summer I asked him, are you ready for a new puppy? Because his um, – white toy poodle passed away 
unexpectedly, like almost three years mm-hmm. ago. Um, yeah. He yeah. just got an hernia in his, you know, he got an hernia and then, yeah, he just passed away. And right. um, it's been a few years. And um, last summer he told me he was ready, but it was just yeah. so hard to find this puppy. And right, right. Um, I think it was like meant to be like, I didn't believe that so much until, you know, um, just some things that I'm like, wow, like, um, I messaged this lady, I think it was like Friday, and I was like, hey, I'm, she's a breeder, um, I'm interested in a, in a red boy, and she's like, I had, I had something so weird happen, um, my puppy had an unexpected litter that I had no clue about, and that never happens, because I'm on top of everything, and she had a boy and a girl. I'm keeping the girl. If you're interested in the boy, well, you just happen to ask for one. And, you know, so if you're interested. And that's kind of how, and I've been eyeballing this breeder for the past, you know, two years. And um, so I don't know. I just think it was, like, perfect. His birthday's coming up. Like, I just think it was meant to be. I don't yeah, know. No, I, I, I definitely feel that way. And I do see, what, what's your grandpa's first name? Let me just ask that. What's his first name? Jose. 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 Okay. Yeah, so the thing is, it's a, I actually feel like he's going to respond with tears. Like this is, like he finally feels ready to have a companion again. And it's, you know, I know that it's really interesting with animals, but, you know, they choose us. But it's like, I mm-hmm. feel like this dog already knows that he's going to Jose and he's ready. Like, he can't wait to meet him. <laughs> like, the energy of it is that it's like, like, he knows that he's in the care of these other humans before he's getting to his forever person. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's going to be an instant bond. And I think your grandpa's a little bit, a little nervous about having a puppy because of the energy, but it'll actually kind of bring him back out of his shell. He's, you know, your grandpa isn't somebody who complains about anything. Um, but it really was devastating for him when the dog died. And everybody knew oh, that he yeah. was really sad. Everyone knew. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of very slowly gotten better. Um, but mm-hmm. he's, he'll, he, he'll see. He's, this is a really, like, it's so beautiful and lovely that you're doing this for him. He's going to be really, really happy. And it's like he might be a little nervous about having such a young dog, but he's going to be fine. And it's, it's going to be a really great thing. It's just beautiful. I love it. It's just beautiful. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so what a lovely granddaughter you are. It's wonderful. So, <laughs> so it's going to be a good match? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I absolutely feel that. I absolutely feel like. And, you know, the other thing that's coming up is the dog may give you, you know, it's almost like I see the dog walking to your grandpa and then coming back to you and giving you an extra kiss on your face and then going to your grandpa and that's it. Like, it's almost like he comes back <laughs> to say thank you to you and then he goes and that's it. He's like, he's with grandpa always. Like, he just already knows he's his dog. So it's beautiful. Aww. So uh, anyway, I, I know Stephanie will have something to add to that. So Stephanie? <laughs> yes. Okay, so Rebecca and I, we see a lot of the same things. So Rebecca's already covered one part of the landscape. I'm going to put words to something a little bit different. So what I love about mm-hmm. your grandpa's birthday for this year in numerology he his birthday is on what we call a number three day and it's a beautiful powerful spiritual experience we think about a triangle we also think you know in the name of religion you know father son holy spirit but it's Mm -hmm. a very powerful unique spiritually sound day and that's representative of your grandfather's energies anyway so i feel like and i'm seeing it too there is a natural magnetism between him and this dog 
and it will be like old friends reunited, like, oh, hi, there you are. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> so it's going to be very exciting. And then I also wanted to say I think it's beautiful that you're celebrating his 80th birthday. A few years back, um, out, my father, he turned 80, and he knew it would be his last one, and he put it on blast, and we said, okay. So it was beautiful to listen to his words. He wanted a party. Mm-hmm. He was very specific, named the details and everything, and he had the time of his life. And he made sure that uh-huh. we took many pictures, and it was his last one. Uh, that was his last birthday. Because, you know, he, he went a couple of months before he would have turned 81. And on my last visit, I said, well, I'll be back for your birthday. And he said, I'm not going to be here, but I want you guys to have a party again. And you, you guys can choose whatever. Just have fun. <laughs> and that's exactly what Aww. it was. But um, it was a very precious time. And so listen to your grandfather is what I have to say. And whatever his special requests are, great. And even post-birthday, just be there for him. But I'm very excited for him for his dog, and I think it's fabulous that you're stepping up and bringing this kid. Beautiful. That's what comes mm-hmm. through for you, hon. Nice. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy a very I special was, day. Yeah. I, too, was very nervous. And um, the lady, um, she's like, my dad's birthday just happens to be June 1st. Like, there were so many coincidences or, I don't know, synchronicities. Ah, like, I don't know what you call them, but yeah. I was like, yeah. nope, this, this, this yeah, dog is yeah. meant to be my grandma's. Like, Absolutely. I well, you'll have to let <laughs> us Absolutely. know. Absolutely. You'll have to call back and let us know. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Well, thank Please you so do. much because I'm thank really you. nervous about doing this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank no, you. just breathe, Erica. It's beautiful. Take good care, Liz. Yeah. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Okay. Have a good night. Have a good night. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Back to you. So I am going to go to a question that I got from one of my clients slash listeners. And um, the question is about, uh, my, about uh, uh, Zoe's relationship. So let's see here. Uh, okay, one moment here. So, you know, this relationship is a very good situation, um, and, you know, this is, it's one of those relationships where there will be a lot of growth in this interaction. I feel like it's going to be a long-term relationship, um, and I feel like this is something that will last several years. I don't know if this is going to be the forever relationship, but I do feel like um, this is a, it will continue to be a friendship no matter what. So this relationship started with, with a friendship and it grew into something else. And I do feel like when there are disagreements or um, when there's discord, there's a lot of mutual respect in this. The communication is really good. It's almost like when you guys have a disagreement, um, you both kind of go to your corners and say, okay, let's just, take a, let's just take a breather and think about this. And then you come together and you talk about it. Like you talk about the hurt feelings. You both feel comfortable being open and vulnerable with each other. Um, you know, very, very healthy. But I also feel like, you know, this, you guys are young, you know, I, and, and so for, for the listeners, um, so, you know, Zoe's a teenager, so this is a, uh, and the, the, the partner, the first name is, is the letter E, is what I'm allowed to, to reveal. 
and um, and so they're very young. And but but it's it's a beautiful relationship. There's a lot of trust there. There's a really good foundation, and I really feel like. I'm hearing that this relationship could continue growing and being nurtured, and I feel like there may be a crossroads. I'm hearing at the age of 23, so this may be a very long-term first relationship. Um, and that, at, but, but at that point, there may be some things that happen that take the two of you in different directions. But love is still there, and it could even be that at that point, the romantic part of the relationship has changed, but the friendship will remain. And I feel like no matter what this feels like, it will be a forever connection, regardless of how it actually unfolds. And so, you know, we always have free will. Uh, we always get to choose how we want to show up and with whom. And and so right now, everything about this is absolutely beautiful. It's It's really a very loving, very emotionally mature relationship, even though uh, you know, you guys aren't even 21 yet. It's it's really a beautiful situation. And I feel like you guys make it really safe for each other um, in your growth because you don't beat each other up. You try really hard to not be reactive when one of you gets hurt and says, you know, my feelings are hurt. I feel like the other really holds a space that it's okay for you to feel that way and how do we, how, how do we move forward from this? So, you know, the, the level of mutual respect is absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So, um, all right, let's see what else here. Uh, you know, the other thing that comes to mind is the fun stuff that you guys like to do together, keep nurturing that. I'm getting that you like to cook together and that you guys don't necessarily have a, have a lot of time to do that. And so that's, that comes up as something to nurture, that it's really important that you guys spend time nurturing the interests that you have that are in common. Um, it's, it's almost like there is an unspoken comfort that happens when you're doing that together. You don't have to talk to each other. It's just, it just feels good and comfortable, and it nurtures the space between you. Um, and how, how I want to say that is, you know, when people are in a relationship, it's like each individual in the relationship has their own energy. And then when you come together in relationship, the energy that is created by that love vibration is actually its own entity. So it's like there are, it really is like yours, mine, and ours in relationship because each, each component has its own life, if you will. So the energy of the relationship itself is really beautiful, and people forget that there has to be an allowance of the space in between the two people. You know, like if you're with each other, talking to each other all the time, it becomes exhausting. We all need to hear our, ourselves think. We need to, uh, to be able to just have some downtime by ourselves. And sometimes that means that, you know, you're both sitting in the room together and one's reading and one's watching TV and you're not interacting with each other, but there's comfort in being in the space together. And so there's a lot of that with the two of you, but I feel like sometimes you don't take the time to nurture the things that you actually like to do together. The respect for the individual interests that you have is really great. So, Anyway, a lot of really, really good, um, oh, gosh, ingredients <laughs> for the recipe <laughs> that is this relationship. Um, 
And, and again, it's really beautiful. It's, for how young the two of you are, it's a really beautiful, loving connection. And I love the respect that I see here, the mutual respect. And again, I feel like you guys are going to be together for a long time. You can change it. But right now, the energy around you is that this is going to be nurtured for a very long time. So uh, anyway, let me turn it over to Stephanie. And Stephanie, this is um, it's Zoe and Zoe's partner, uh, E. Okay, that sounds wonderful. So the first thing that came to mind for me, I felt like I was back watching that movie, Selena. What a beautiful love story. And it's, it's of course, something that happened when back in the 90s. But Selena and her boyfriend, who was the bass guitar player, who later became her husband, you know, they overcame obstacles. And so... With Zoe and E, I feel like there's some obstacles that they're going to encounter. And it feels like they're, they've already started doing that part, you know, with the parents and what's going on. Um, I feel like it will be, what do I want to say, relatively long term. And one thing to point out, and I'm going to answer this from a couple of different directions. One is from astrology. So in astrology, there's something that happens with every single human on the planet, and it's called age 27. And so what happens at age 27, and let's vary it a little bit, generally from about age 25 to 29, this is a window of time for all of us in our life where we encounter change. We begin to shift. We change. All of a sudden, we turn this corner and we begin to tour in a different way. And so this is also called, it's known as the first Saturn return. So the planet of Saturn in all of our charts, it's the teacher. This is the karmic teacher. This says, hi, Zoe. This is, this is, your life lesson in your natal chart I'm going to sit in this house with this planet and here's the influences and now we're going to see how do you handle this so when we have the planet of Saturn and now we are right around that age of 27 which is great change for all of us those of us who have surpassed it we certainly we can look back and the lessons continue to you know we still grow into awareness of what those lessons were in hindsight so this is something I wouldn't say to look for disaster it's not like that but it's a time where we go through different changes we go through different maturity levels our emotional canvas can change fairly dramatically for some people this can go on for quite some time you know because it's a time of lessons too it's almost like Okay, so you've been on the planet for the first 27 years of your life. Okay, now we're going to throw a curveball. And how are you going to handle it with what, with the tools and the resources that you have in your back pocket that you've gained so far? So I'm just bringing awareness to it. Um, it's not necessary to hyper-focus and think, oh, my God, it's the day of the guillotine. It's not like that. One thing I would suggest, especially with all of the love that you have for each other, you may want to consider 
getting a um, astrology compatibility chart. There's a fabulous website out there, cafeastrology.com, and a person can get a compatibility chart reading for probably right around $7. It's very affordable. And there will be a lot of jargon. You'll see this wheel with a bunch of little, <laughs> lots of little drawings and figures in it. But the point is, it gives a very long, candid description of what it will be like. What will life be like sharing it with one another? And this is all based upon your birth time, your birth date. Where were you born? What time were you born? I would suggest considering that to see, you know, you can get an idea of what is the big picture look like. But that's the first thing I would say because I see the two of you moving along quite fluidly and when we come about this change, again, 25-ish to sometimes 33, 34, it's simply just a window of time, opportunity, change, growth. Many people jump into their careers at that time. Many people decide, ooh, I'm going to dive deep within and see what am I made of. This is where artists are born, for example. So it's just simply life. It's simply change. I think it's wonderful, the excitement, the love, the passion for right now. And it's great. It's fabulous. So this is a resource that you can go to that you can anyway and see where it takes you. So that's what I get. And I wish the two of you the best. All the best to you. This is beautiful. It's a beautiful story. That's beautiful, Rebecca. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is very cool. It's very cool. It's really unusual um, to see a relationship with such young people. Um, yes. be so mature there's so much emotional maturity in that relationship energetically um, mm-hmm. and and it's it's just lovely to see that I, I I don't know that I've ever seen a long-term relationship like this um, from two teenagers like this really truly so that's really I mean you unique. know you read about it mm-hmm. you read about it I mean obviously you know look at Prince Philip who just passed away and he and the queen were married for 73 years you know, wow. I mean, yeah. So you know, but uh, but Zoe and E are are younger than that. The younger than they were. So it's just so interesting. Anyway, uh, so I heard a rumor, Stephanie, that you also have a question that has come to you. Yes. This evening. I so. do, and I I would just like to quickly make one more comment about Zoe and E. In my yeah. family, on my mother's side, my God. Father, Uncle Leroy, um, he married his wife, so he was 28 and she was 16. Oh, yes. They married a six, when she was 16. He was the older man and he was military. Oh, yes. and, and the beautiful part is their love was that intense. My Aunt Darlene, at that young of an age, knew she loved him and they stayed together. And at first he passed, and then she passed six weeks later to the day, to the wow. day, six weeks. So wow. it's possible, and it's exciting, and it's super exciting to see in these days and times especially. So I just, I had to sidebar comment on that. Okay, so the question I have is this. So um, one person, her name is Lois. She's a business lady out in the world, and she has been... 
a couple of years ago began to connect with, well, if I were to do something on my own, what would it be? So she's been nurturing and feeding her passion and developing these ideas and so forth. And so in the process of, just to explain, she's married and has two children. And um, children are definitely older, late teens now. And so family is preparing to, they love to travel. And so they're preparing to travel. And her friend will call her Camille. Camille is a very good friend. She, Lois has known her since high school. And Camille can be a little bit intrusive and has, is infamous at volunteering to join. Whatever the adventure is, she invites herself whether Lois wants her to or not. Oh, boy. So, okay. So, again, <laughs> this actually takes us back to boundaries. And boundaries. So, I've, so, so Lois has been learning how to find her voice, express herself, and so forth. And yet, so when, and as we know, when we find our voice, then we start to express, okay, this is okay and this is not okay. Well, then it's natural that the quote-unquote opposing person now wants to come over, rattle the cage, and yank off that padlock because now there's a boundary. So um, so Lois is trying to uh, end the process of working with her husband to plan the next vacation, and Camille is right there on the outside of her door, okay, and trying to oh adopt herself okay. to come in. Okay, so this is okay. like, oh, okay, this is heavy. So. So first of all, Lois, um, Lois, 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 um, I know you are a very strong person. I know you so well out in the business world, but yet in your personal life, things are happening a little bit different. So I am seeing, the first thing I'm seeing with you, Lois, is this. First of all, I am seeing you, I know you spend time in prayer a lot. I'm seeing you connecting with God and praying and asking for help. That's fantastic. It's also time to now take that energy of praying to God and now translate it over. It's okay to speak on your own best behalf. Um, I do see you, what I see you doing is you're practicing. I'm seeing you actually practicing in the mirror. I'm seeing you watch your facial expressions because what I'm seeing you do is not a telephone conversation, I'm actually seeing you having a face-to-face -face conversation. And this is going to feel very uncomfortable to you because it looks like in previous experiences, regardless how big or small, whatever the adventure has been, maybe it's just been lunch in a different part of town, who knows. But there is a problem with saying, okay, it's this type of a luncheon and I'm going to meet with so-and-so and so-and-so. And and I know it's hard for you to set your boundary according to what you've said here. So that being said, I do see where it's going to be a sit down conversation, a loving one at that and finding it within yourself to honor yourself by expressing this to this woman. Um, also what you wrote here is that Camille doesn't want to hear you. And so sometimes it might be sometimes the opportunity comes where we simply close the door. I know this is a really hard thing for you to do. Um, Camille, it, she has her own special needs coming from somewhere else. The thing about it is 
you're not responsible to fulfill Camille's needs. Camille needs to find that within Camille. And uh, but bringing it back to you, Lois, it's time to sit with yourself and think about what is going to feel good to you so that when you express yourself to Camille, that Camille may hear you. You may have to get a very creative tool out of your toolbox to do so. And with this being said, I'm going to give you over here to Rebecca and let Rebecca take it from here. Okay. So, you know, the thing is, Lois, I know that you're a really kind person. You're really kind. You are very direct when it comes to business stuff because it is business, and you are really good at being compassionate with people but also separating business from personal. You're very good at that. Uh, But people that you've allowed into your personal life, including Camille, you have a harder time, you know, having a good boundary with them. And with her, I know that you don't want to hurt her feelings. You know that she's kind of like a lost puppy who follows you around energetically. That's, that's what her wanting to be included is. And, and there's, because you are so compassionate and so understanding and sympathetic, you know, it's one of those things where you don't want to tell her no, because it's like, oh, but she doesn't have anybody or she doesn't have somebody that she can just hang out with, or, you know, we have so much more and that's beautiful. And it's such a, it's such a loving intention and, and, and you have such a caring heart. But I also feel like your family's kind of going, okay, it's enough. <laughs> and, and it's like, really, is this happening again? And, and so there's that part of it that's like, well, how would you feel if you were in her shoes? And that's kind of how you present this to your loved ones. But, you know, it's okay for you to say to her, look, you know, I care about you and you're a good person. And the, the thing is, though, that this having you come on these trips is not working for my family. And so, you know, maybe you and I could do something. Maybe we could have lunch when I get back or call a different opportunity forward that you can hang out with her so that she feels important. Because part of this is you want her to feel respected and you want her to feel cared about and you want her to feel like she matters. But it can't be to the detriment of the rest of the family. And it can't be with you extending yourself to a point where everybody's unhappy. And, and that's kind of what's happened is it, it's um, she doesn't have the boundaries. You know, that word has been such a huge word for tonight. Um, she doesn't know. And so this is a really important piece of all of this. You know, people don't know boundaries unless they're taught what they are. Okay. And, that, and that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like mm-hmm. we all have to train people about how we want to be treated. And, and it's an individual thing from person to person. And sometimes the way that we're treated changes. You know, if you uh, were listening at the beginning of the show and I was talking about this friend that, you know, this friend and I have been talking for, you know, I've known each other for a couple of years and there's been different levels of interactions and the interactions have changed. And it's like, no, this isn't okay for me. And part of it is because I've grown, because I've grown to a place where I don't just, you know, pick up the crumbs of whatever's thrown my way. Now it's like, no, my time is valuable. And I love and honor and respect myself enough to say that, you know, it, it, I, I want to be respected in the way that I want to be respected. And it's okay for that. So part of this is learning for you. It's learning to have self-love and self-respect and also to honor and respect your family members. So it's kind of a win-win when you propose that you spend some time with her separately but not on the vacation. 
okay? And that if she wants to do a vacation with you, okay, yeah, you could go do an overnight somewhere or a weekend somewhere, and everything has to be split. You know, that's the other thing is making sure that you're calling a clear boundary regarding finances, that you're not putting the bill for everything. So I don't know if that's an issue here as well, but I, I suspect that that may be a little piece of it. So getting back to how do you say, I care about you, I value you, but I have to call, I, I have to keep my relationship with you, my friendship with you has to be separate from my family vacations or from these other trips that I need to do. So you and I either have to do something separate ourselves or we can just go have lunch or whatever. I will give you undivided attention, which is better for you if it's not on the vacation with my family. It's, that, that situation doesn't work for anyone, having her be there on, on, your, on your vacation. It doesn't work for anyone. So that has to come to a, a stop, okay? And I know that you know this, and you'll be able to do this in a way where she feels valued. And if she pounces about it, if she's like, oh, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but say, you know, I'm so sorry if your feelings are hurt. I'm so sorry that you're feeling that way. But this is how it has to be. Because I, I have a family that I have responsibilities to and for, and I have to put them first, and the family vacation has to be the family vacation. So it's okay for you to say that. It's okay to just acknowledge your feelings, but you still get to acknowledge your own feelings and stand up for what's right for you and your own family. So I have no doubt that you are going to do this in a way that's very loving. I have no doubt. And, you know, when it does come time to talk to her about this, take a deep breath and just ask for God's guidance and God's words to come through you. Because when we surrender and we allow that experience to have God's grace, it'll be better than what we can plan for ourselves. And I have no doubt that you're going to handle this beautifully. So thank you, Lois, so much for the question. I wish you all the best. And uh, I hope you'll reach out to Stephanie and, and, and so she can let us know how all that goes. So. Yes, and I would like to just add one more thing. Just one more thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to remind Lois about codependency interdependency and Lois you are no longer responsible to make sure to enable Camille to feel comfortable you see so I know you understand this and thank you so much for your question we really appreciate the opportunity to help you tonight thank you and we've got one last caller brand new call first time on the air it's Albert Albert's calling about his job you're now live with your psychics, Rebecca and Stephanie. We've got three minutes left, and we're live. Okay. Go ahead. Hello. Hi, Albert. This is Rebecca. How can I help? In December, and I wanted to see if it was going to be a steady job or if it's a job that it's not going to last very long. Okay. So so very first thing that comes up is just that there's a lot of commotion around it, that it feels like it's very busy right now, feels a little bit chaotic. But part of that's just the learning curve and you kind of stepping into to getting familiar with this new position. Um, you know, I'm feeling like you're going to kind of have everything down by June, and at that point you're going to be trying to decide if you want to stay or if there's another position in the company that you want or if you want to look at something else. Um, you're one of those people where if it's not in alignment with who you are and, and your growth, you kind of start looking for the next opportunity because you don't like to sit still. You want to keep learning and growing all the time. Um, but this is a good place for you right now. There's some things you're going to learn here that you're going to take into the next career step. 
And, and so really it's kind of like there's a question mark right now. Um, I'm hearing you'll have more clarity again in June, and you'll decide whether or not you're going to stay and move up or if you're going to look at something else. But whatever this next step is for you, it will absolutely be something that's giving, giving you an opportunity for, for um, upward motion. So this is a good thing for you. It's a good step. And whether you do something lateral in June or you get a promotion, um, that whatever that step is, it is going to help you in your pursuit of, of reaching higher goals. So this, you're, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. So let me turn it over to Stephanie since we're so short here on time. <laughs> Hi, Albert. Okay. So everything that Rebecca said, um, the word that jumped out at me, though, was chaos. It's like you walked into something and it's like, OMG, what is this? (laughs) Am I coming or going? I don't know what I'm doing here. So the chaos is part of the learning curve. And also there's a part of you that does thrive in chaos because you're that person that can bring the calm to the storm. So that's one of the energetic spiritual reasons why you're there. I do see this as a right now job. And the timeline that I am seeing is you'll probably, from my perspective, I feel and see that you're going to learn about this other position that comes up elsewhere in June. And then it actually starts in July because for you, January and July of each year, you make the most changes. That's what comes through for you. And we wish you all the best with this new endeavor. Thank you for calling in. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Albert, All the best, for the Albert. Call. And with that, please, you've got about 20 seconds left. Okay. If you want a private session with Stephanie, it's journeywithstephanie.com. I'm Rebecca Fist. My website is rebeccafist.com. Thank you, Garrett. We love you. We appreciate you, Stephanie. We You're love awesome. you. Everybody have too. a great week. And we'll, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>